Jeremy, one, two, three. Cool, thank you. Um, are we on? Awesome. You can see clearly everybody's watching rugby. Hey? So how to divide the rugby players from the soccer players, eh? Have a rugby game on a Sunday and see who doesn't come. Then you know there's the rugby, rugby supporters. Hey? No, no, it's fine. So we're just having a half an hour service today, and then we're going to put a... No, I'm just joking. My wife will kill me here. Uh, welcome. Welcome, everybody. Hello. I don't know who you are. I'm Tony. Yes. Hello. Welcome. Welcome. What's your name? Mar. M-A-R. Mar. Welcome, Mar. Good to have you here. Awesome. Who else is here for the first time in this building, ever? Hello, what's your name? Loretta. Hi, Loretta, I'm Tony. Welcome, Loretta. It's good to have you here today. I know you guys. Welcome, Jason and Tasha. Lekka. Who else? And you're a face, I don't know. Hello, Fifi, I'm Tony. Nice to meet you. Welcome. Welcome. I hope you guys, I hope you've been made to feel welcome. Yeah? Did you get a coffee, something to drink? You okay? Okay. Awesome. Th is anyone else here for the first time? Oh, wow. Yo, Ramsey, sorry, bro. So you didn't see that bus coming, eh? <laughs> sure. Sure. Good to be here. Um, so my name is Tony. And uh, I lead the congregation. Good to have you all here. Who f feels faith to open in prayer? Come on, Pierre. My brew. So let's uh, close our eyes and we can look at these exhibits. Let's pray. Yeah, Father, I thank you for the gift of your church, God. I thank you, Lord, that um, we are in a room that is safe, Lord. We are in a room, God, where where you command your presence to be, God, that you said there be two or more gather, God. And Father, I pray right now, may we quiet our hearts and our minds, Lord, to come before the presence of our King, to come to the presence of the one that is light. Lord, that your word says that you are light, God, and in you there is no darkness, God. So irrespective of what we face this week, irrespective of what lies ahead, God, we are in light because you are light, God. Lord, and I pray that your light would radiate today, God, that it would touch every area of our life, God, that your miracle power, God, would touch our lives, God. May we leave here not the same. May we leave here saying we had an encounter with the living God. We pray this in your beautiful name. Amen. Thank you, Pierre. Sure. Feels odd when a uh, few people are missing. Yeah, it does feel odd. So, it's good to be here. Amen? Awesome. Hello, Dessa. Um, so, just a couple of announcements uh, quickly today. Uh, 412, you know, was sold out about two months ago. Good afternoon, Brenda and Marsha. 
Um, but the good news is, is they've managed to add a tent onto the main tent. That means there's five, 600, 600 seats coming available tomorrow lunchtime, 12 o'clock. So I think it's going to be a bit of a mad rush, but that means 600 seats available. Uh, so it's an add-on tent, right? So you're not going to be up front, but you'll be able to be at the conference. So I'm very excited about that. So if you are looking for a ticket, tomorrow lunchtime you want to get online as quickly as possible. Otherwise, you're not going to get a ticket. That's very exciting. Um, then just to, then for the conference, which is in two weeks' time, actually today, uh, starts yesterday, two weeks' time. So that Sunday, no church, because most of the people here should be at the conference, and certainly all the other congregations, most of the people are going to be at the conference. So that's Sunday the 24th, I think. No church. All right. There won't be a morning meeting and there won't be an afternoon meeting. Hi, guys. Come inside. Grab a seat. Um, and then what we want to do is just give the community leaders a break the Wednesday before and the Wednesday after. Okay, so just check with your community leader if there will be community. That's next Wednesday. So there will be community this Wednesday. But just check if there's going to be community the following Wednesday and the week after that. So that's the 20th and the 27th. All right. We're not saying you have to close, but we want to give the community leaders a break because it's a long weekend in between and we're all going to be at the conference. So if they want to take a break, 20th and 27th, they're welcome to. Okay. And just because there's no church next sun, uh, two weeks' time, man, find a reason to get together if you're not at the conference. Go for a walk or get together for a coffee or go walk the area. Amen? That's good. Okay. Uh, where's Bongi? Shia. Happy birthday. Okay, before we sing. When's your birthday? Yesterday. Who else had a birthday this week? Come on, be honest. Marissa. No, that was last week. Eh? We sang for you last weekend. Who else? Come on. We'll find you. Come on. Anyone else? Where's Aaron? He's coming. Aaron, we're waiting for you. Tell him to stop hiding, Nodos. Is he coming? Aaron, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Aaron and Bongi. Happy birthday to you, Pep. Hooray! Aaron, there's not enough cake in that bag. Uh, you better go back down, bro. Get the rest. <laughs> Happy birthday, guys. Um, then, very excited today. We're going to pray in three people as new members. Yeah, yeah. Four. Who's the fourth? Uh, are you sure? Clear, why are you hiding? Come to the front. So the only person that's not here and she's not well is Vanessa. She would have, she would have joined the group, so we'll pray her in when she gets back. But um, so um, what happened was because we did what we call orientation, which is a course that you would go through to really understand what makes us up as a church. What do we believe biblically? That's really what orientation is. 
Um, it's the building blocks. What did Jesus intend the church to look like? What are the pillars and the columns that God intended for the church to be like today? And so when people say they want to join the church, it's a big deal because the church will shape you and hopefully you'll shape the church too. You know, you've got to come and play a part in the church. You can't just be a spectator in church. And so it's not so much a course that you do to write an exam at the end and pass. There's no pass mark here. But it's really a question of do you agree that what we believe a church should look like do you agree with that? Because it's biblical. And we'd rather people say, yes, what you're trying to build as a church, yes, we see that as what church should look like, and we want to be part of it. Does that make sense? Because you don't want to go join a church and then find out two years down the line, they do what? They got the secret what? They, they, they teach what? No, no, no. We want to teach what the Bible says, and we want to build according to the pattern the um, map that God intended. And so we did that earlier this year during the week. And they're all at school and varsity and studying and what have you, and they couldn't make it. So they came on Sundays over a number of Sundays before church and came to watch the videos then. They finally finished the last one today, I think. Uh-huh. And the only reason they've come up here is they like, yes, okay, we want to be part of this. Am I right? Am I right? Okay. So we're very excited to welcome you guys onto family. And you know that it is a big deal at the gathering, you know, once or twice a year, then all the new members. So I'm inviting you at the next gathering to get up on the stage. But this is a precursor that we're embracing you as part of our family today. You have been part of our family. Man, they've been serving in this church. They've been faithful in coming to this church. They're, they're running the youth, attending youth, and so forth. So there's no question about their faithfulness. But there is something about you're in, officially. And that's what we're going to do today. Okay. So why don't the rest of you who are Josh Jen family members, you can all stand. Come, let's all stand, and we're going to pray with them. And we, as a family, are going to pray first, okay? And then you guys are going to pray with me, okay? So I'm going to make this up as I go along. So if I fumble, forgive me, okay? Because I can follow a dialect on here, but it's boring, all right? So I need to hear you all. You need to pray with me. We are very excited today, very excited today. that you are joining us, finally, into our family. We're excited for the road ahead as you help us build church the way God wants us to. So from this day forward, we want to say to you, what's in our fridge is yours, and what's in your fridge is ours. Welcome to the family. Okay, your turn. Okay, and they need to hear you. All right, Claudette, yeah. Yo, you better take the microphone. Okay, here we go. Are you ready? We are excited today to finally join you as a family. We love what God is doing in you. 
And we are excited for how we'll affect you and how you'll affect us. We look forward to building church together with you as God intends. And from this day forward, what's in your fridge is mine. And what's in my fridge is yours. Amen. Finally. Okay, come on, give him a hug. Come on, welcome them in. So thanks. You can all take your seats. So I, for the number of people that haven't been here for a long time, um, I, I, I do want to make sure that you understand that um, this is a heart. It's a heart commitment. It's, it's not a piece of paper. You know, today contracts, people treat marriage as if it's just a contract. I signed today that I get married and then Next week when I've, or next year or 10 years when I've had enough of this marriage, then I just break the contract, you know. And God doesn't work like that. He works on a covenant level. He says, I commit to you, even if you don't do what you're supposed to do, I will do what I commit to do. And so this drawing into family, we see as a big deal, it's a heart commitment. And just as easy as it is to commit, it is easy to uncommit through the heart. It's not a piece of paper. It's not, it's not a contract. That we sign. It's a heart commitment. And so, um, and so the whole, that's why I, wa- I just wanted to reiterate. So um, it's not a course that you do to pass. It's to understand what do we see church as? How do we see it? It's supposed to be. What did God intend it to look like? You know, Paul writes about being a, a, a builder. Who is the original architect? It's Jesus. And we want to understand, well, what does he want? What does he think it looks like? What does he think it's, how is it supposed to function? And, uh, and church is quite simple, but it's filled with us. <laughs> and we're not so simple. And uh, we, we, we generally the ones that mess it up. And, and, and I say that as, a, as an elder, I, I'm the one probably that does that the most. Um, so, uh, but we want to do it God's way, you know. And just because he intended it proper and we mess it up, well, that makes it all the more reason for us to want to do it the way He wants us to do it. And so we want to seek His will. We want to seek His way. We want to hear His voice. We want to do it His way. Because the way He intended it in the beginning, before sin entered the world, He said what? It was good. And He'll come back one day for a new heaven and a new earth, and then it will be good again. And I'm excited for that. So in the meantime, we've just got to make the best of what we can. And uh, so that's, that's a key moment for us, is to welcome people into as members. But we've treated them, we've loved them like members, and they've loved us like members for two years now since I've been here. Just, yeah, just about two years. And um, so uh, today's, today's another stepping stone in the right direction. Amen? Okay. So, Leroy, who's doing? Mike. Pauline, Mike.
Hello. Good evening, church. Thanks, Tony. No, that's, uh, that's great. So it's working, happiness. Okay, cool. Thanks. Um, good evening, church. I thought for this evening's stewardship teaching, I thought I would talk about gratitude. And looking back, um, I would encourage you over this past week to just look back and see what God has done for you. Because like, ultimately, he's given us his son. And then upon that, he's given us additional blessings, like roof over our heads, food in our stomach, friends, and ultimately fellowship as well. And as you think through your week as well, I encourage you on your day of rest to also just relax and actually take that day of rest and use it as reflection as well. I don't know, Minka, if you can put up the verse. Thanks. Cool, so I'm just going to read out the commandment on, so this is a commandment about remembering the Sabbath. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you, nor your son, nor daughter, nor your manservant or maidservant, nor your animals, nor the alien within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Yes, so that's my encouragement to you today, to just be grateful for what God has done for you and to also remember the Sabbath. Um, thank you. And then for those of you who are regulars, um, there are boxes on the right and left of the stage here that you can, um, if you're feeling... Um, the Spirit leads you to uh, just give to the church. And then I don't know if you've got the tithes stuff as well. Thanks. Thanks, Tony. Thanks, Mike. That is a word. Um, let's just bow our heads. Lord, in this day and age, there is so much that can occupy our attention, Lord. Our smartphones especially, Lord, demand our time, demand our attention all the time. If it's not emails or WhatsApps, then there's just a glut of um, other stuff to keep us busy and occupied. And I don't think there's a person in the room that hasn't found an hour slip by here and there by just watching stuff that is useless and just simply time-consuming. And as Mike rightly shared, Lord, the Sabbath is a day of rest, but it's a day of rest and it's a day of... It's in, it intended as a time of encountering you, Lord. We have uh, the rabbi that lives across the road from us and how they walk to the synagogue on a Friday night and Saturday you don't see their cars moving. And they might be caught up in a religious practice, Lord. But there's something of an honoring of you in that. That they put aside the things of the daily struggle, the daily work, and find your face, Lord. I pray, Lord, that we would be a people that does the same, Lord.
There is so much to keep us busy, so much to keep us distracted, Lord. That important quiet time is something that we need, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that we would even be stirred this afternoon. If we've perhaps neglected early morning quiet time or evening or sometime during the day or a Sabbath rest on the weekend, that we would be stirred to pick that up again. For you're a God that waits on nothing more than a people and individuals that seek you, that are hungry for you, that are thirsty, that are desirous to spend time with you. Help us, Lord, to be like that again. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Sure. Okay. Um, wow. Thanks, Mike. Does anybody have testimony they want to share? Come to the front. There's a lot more people than there was here last week. <laughs> um, so, um, no one knows this. Right, I also didn't know. Um, a few weeks back, um, Rasa had a friend um, that goes to the Milton congregation, and he got saved. And Rasa um, was like, we should go and visit um, Milton. Was a bit disappointed because I did want to come here because everyone that I knew was here and I didn't know anyone in Milton. So I just thought it was going to be a random church, um, church service that was going to be like boring. Um, <laughs> um, and then um, in the middle of the service, I'm like, okay, it's getting interesting, like really interesting. Um, the pastor was basically um, speaking about getting to know God more and just allowing God in your life. And he said something that, like, really um, touched me. And he said, um, how long will you shut the door um, to your heart from God, you know? And um, I lost an aunt, like, recently back. And um, I had so much grief and anger from God because it's like, why would you um, take away the one person that I really love the most, you know? Um, and I cried that service um, because I, ha- I held so much grudge towards him, you know, and so much hate because he took away the person that I love the most, you know? Um, and I was, it didn't help me because I was, I was so hurt and broken inside, you know, because I, I had a relationship with God and, I lost that relationship, you know, and that Sunday I was just like, Lord, I'm just tired of closing the door to my heart from you. I'm tired of shutting you out, you know, when I can feel that you want me to come back to you, you know, and um, all you ever want to do is just love me, you know. It's not about that I have to do anything. All that you want is for me to come back home to you and just love you, you know, and um, he said, the pastor said, um, if you just want to come back to the Lord, if you want that passion that you had for him when you loved him at first, you know, just come forward. And I've been to so many um, church services where 
in the end they like come forward. Thank you. <laughs> I've been to so many um church services um where they just say, um, come if you wanna repent, you know, and I, I normally don't have the courage to do it because um I, I feel as a teenager it's it's a bit harder to do it, you know. Um especially when you see like other people your age not doing it. And so for me just to like um to just like stand up and go in front and be like, Lord, I've shut you down for too long now, you know? It's hurting me. And there's nothing else that I want but your love and to feel you again, you know? And so um, I went to the front and I just like fault him, you know, in. Um, and I closed my eyes and I started crying. And then Raisan came and prayed um, with me. Um, and then I had, like, a vision of it as well. Um, it was just, like, really bright light. And um, I, was, I was standing in this room. And I could see him, you know. And I was standing in front of him and I was just crying, you know. And it was like. I'm watching him, you know, and he's rejoicing that I've come back home to him, you know, and that um, he's just, like, got his daughter back, you know. Um, and so I just want to, like, encourage you, if if you feel like you've closed the door to your heart from God for, like, way too long, I just want to encourage you to go back to him because all he does is just want you to have that passion for him, that love that like once burned in you when you spoke about him you know and yeah that's all I wanted to share today so good that's so good yeah I think we I think we mustn't let the moment pass us by and I think we we need to respond I I remember for myself, it was that there's so many of us, I'm sure, who've had seasons of walking away and coming back to the Lord. And so, yeah, uh, uh, let, let's let's close our eyes for a second. If there's anyone that that word just really spoke to them, and maybe everybody else thinks you are sorted with the Lord, but actually, you know that your heart is far. From him that your heart is closed, that you grieved. I want to encourage you to just lift up your hands so I can pray with you. Okay. Lord, I pray that your that powerful testimony would be just massaged into our hearts. I'm sure each and every one of us can testify to the fact that there's, even if it's just a sliver, there's some part of our hearts that's closed off to you, God. And I pray that that that, that seed that was planted now would just take root in our hearts. Would you put your hand um, just in that place in our hearts, God, and help us, help us to return to you. In Jesus' name. Amen.
Hey, guys. Um, as I, this afternoon, well, I will praying this, this word. This, um, yesterday that I shared on, 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 on the group um, really stood out for me. Um, what is the use you gain the entire world and, and you lose your soul? And there's nothing that what you attain in life that really defines you, but it's in the who you know. And I felt, you know what, what is this? I wanted to share it in prayer meeting, but I, you know what, I felt, you know, this is what God wants to save you right here, right now. And such a proud moment, really, for what I want to testify, that the goodness of God. You know, um, we were fasting on Friday, and um, said, said on Thursday evening, I come home, I tell, I tell my wife, you know what, I'm fasting tomorrow, I forgot to tell you I'm fasting tomorrow. And, and Mika shouts of the, out of her room, yeah, I'm fasting too. She, she, I said to her, Mika, if you want to fast, you fast. But me thinking, oh, she's going to drop, she's not going to do anything about that. And then um, a mom phones me. She comes out of school, offers two hours, and mom phones me. A mom tells me, hey, tell her she can drink some water. And she, she's been carrying on the whole day. I come home, I'm thinking, oh, maybe she cut out already. Maybe on two, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, cut out. She says, no, I'm still fasting with you, Dad. I'm, still, I'm, I'm thinking, you know what, this, this is... The, what, what really stood out for me were that passage of Scripture is then, what is the use to gain the entire world and lose your soul? And that, you know what, that the goodness of God that really finds us in, in seeing that, seeing salvation of the Lord being granted to a family member that you were praying for, that you were trusting God for. This is, this is the goodness of God. This is, the, the, this is the, the, the blessing of God. Not material things, not worldly wealth. And nothing against worldly wealth, nothing against that. But this is the goodness. This is the prosperity which God wants to bless us with. That you see that salvation in your children's children. You know what? Come on, for generations to come. Yeah, that, this is a shout out to that. So in case you're wondering, why were we fasting on Friday? So we took a walk around Woodstock yesterday to share the good news and invite people to church. And so we decided to fast on Friday, 24 hours, in preparation for that. So may I ask, is there anyone here that perhaps we encountered yesterday uh, for the first time? Is anyone? Okay. So I wanted to, so that's a kind of an indication of what we're up against. The world is a is a is a is a tough place, and um, it struck me yesterday that um, you know the the church has probably done the greatest damage to the church in the history of mankind, because people warp and twist and teach false gospels and give false hope and give false promises and. And use the church as a platform to enrich themselves, to prop themselves up, to make themselves important, to reach for power and authority and all that sort of thing, you know. And so if you're not in church today, if you don't know Jesus and somebody comes along and says, I want to share the gospel with you, which gospel is that? Is it Matthew, Mark, Luke, John? Is it somebody called some other John? Is it another Michael? Is it another Twisted? Is it a, how do I know that you're true and they're not? So we're up against. We're up against. And the demonic loves that. Because it's a mess. And when it's a mess, you can't see clearly. You can't, you can't understand. But I hope that we're not disheartened. Because I know we had godly encounters yesterday. I know we did. 
I know that God went ahead of us. I know that the light shone. For all of those that went out yesterday, there were about 25 of us. Declan brought about five from Sunningdale. There a couple sitting over there, Jason and Tasha, they came with, especially. And wonderful to have you guys yesterday. But the fact that no one's here today, praise God. Because sometimes we plant, others water, and others harvest. And I, I don't have this gung-ho faith. I, don't, I can't see what I can't see. But I'll not give up. And if darkness, if the demonic has gripped and prevented and the weather is working against us, that's okay. We'll go back. We'll go back in a few weeks' time or in a month's time. Or whenever. We'll go back. And we'll keep knocking. And we'll keep inviting. And the kingdom will advance one person at a time. Because you know what? I got saved. Once upon a time. And everyone else, yeah, it is, it is a miracle. Preach it, brother. I don't know if I can give him the mic now. I don't know if I... I got saved. And if you're sitting here and you know Jesus, you got saved. Once upon a time. Because somebody reached out to me. And I don't know how many other people they reached out to first. But God found me because that person reached out to me. And I don't know how many people you've got to reach out to before God finds someone. But let's not give up. Come on. Let's not lose faith. Because I won't. And I truly, I, yesterday I was like, Lord, I have so much faith that people are going to come. But mm, I had just, and the devil's probably clapping his hands now. Well, sorry for you, bud. You're not stealing my joy. And you're not stealing my fervor. We'll go back. I will invite. Amen? Yes, Lindsay. So, um, I think yesterday was just, actually, it, for me, it was such a beautiful picture of, of this family coming together and doing stuff that was out of our comfort zone, right? There were a lot of us that went um, from the congregation, which was so beautiful to see, but people that were there for the first time doing something that was very scary. Hey, Nadja. <laughs> and yet... We all walked away feeling exactly the same, super encouraged, loved every minute of it, and we all felt our faith stir and rise yesterday. So despite the fact that we're not seeing immediate fruits, I have huge faith that the Lord will still water those hearts and those seeds that we planted yesterday, and that they will come. So actually, let's carry on praying for those souls that we encountered yesterday. And I'm, so I'm going to pray now and say, Lord... Thank you for the gift that you gave us yesterday, for the fact that we were able to go out and, and, and speak of your word uh, and speak your name into this community, Lord, that we were able to meet people, to pray with people who unexpectedly weren't, uh, you know, ready to encounter us yesterday, but yet they, they gave us their time. There were moments in the, in the day yesterday where tears were shed and people listened and hearts, they did turn. But because we're not seeing them now physically, Lord, that's okay. <laughs> we're still praying, Father, that they will, those little cards that we handed out yesterday, like Tony said, we pray that those little cards with our name and our address and our location and telephone number, Father, that they will burn a hole in those people's pockets and that they will, they will hold on to those and say, okay, Lord, convict me. When, when the Lord's time is right, He will convict them and they will come. So we continue to pray for all of those people that we met yesterday. Their, their, their names, we, we met people with names, with stories, with, with um, 
past uh, issues with things, people that have got a life and a story to tell, Father, and we know that their story is not over, Lord, and we just trust that they will, they will still come, that they will still come. So my, my, faith, my faith is stirred. My muscles were stretched yesterday in an area that it was not comfortable for me, but yet the joy of the Lord filled my heart by the time we left there yesterday, and I was so encouraged. So thank you, Father, that you shifted something in us yesterday as well, that it wasn't just about the people we encountered, but it was about shifting our hearts too. So I pray, Lord, next time that we go, that more will join us, um, and that those of us that have earned our stripes for, for the first time on the streets yesterday that uh, we'll be able to encourage others to, to do the same with us. And that one by one, we'll be able to just gently spread your, your gospel in a loving, kind, gentle, merciful way. Not preaching hard truth to them, but saying, somebody saved me just by speaking out. Somebody was brave enough to talk to me, and the Lord saved me, and he brought me into family. He can do that for you too. So thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus, for the times that we encountered yesterday and for those precious moments, um, and uh, yeah, for stirring our faith for our community. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Does anyone want to share from yesterday? Nadja, come on. Hello, church. So, yeah, I felt, as Lindsay said, I felt really stretched and um, beforehand. I felt intimidated. It's like, oh, what am I doing? It was the first time for me. So, but I was really, uh, I felt like I want to do it. I, I, yeah. So we were praying at home, like really for the Holy Spirit to, to guide me. And you know what to say, that the Holy Spirit is really guiding you, helping you to say the right words. And to be honest, it was so much fun. <laughs> I really... I really, I felt so like guided by the Holy Spirit. I wasn't like, afraid and it, it just came out. And we, so I was in a group with Samara and, um, hello beautiful lady, and um, Jack and Mike. And it was, it was really 90% of the people we encountered and we spoke to, they were so open. And they, they, we listened and they, they talked and, and we were able to pray for them. And um, so it was, so really, really beautiful, and yeah, and please don't get encouraged, as Lindsay and Tony says, because we planted a seed, and God planted a seed, and even though no one is um, here today, or maybe, maybe next week, maybe in the months, I mean, the, the Lord has knocked on my door for several years until I opened, finally, <laughs> so um, yeah, it was a great experience, and I'm definitely going to be back, I want to... I want to do it more, and yeah. That's awesome. So I'm going to ask Declan to come up and share. For those of you that don't know, Declan and I go back a long way, and Declan has quite a peppered life story. Quite a peppered, quite an interesting life story. Um, so we're really just going to go with the flow this afternoon. Um, Declan, I know he's got a few things on his heart uh, to share, so... We're going to listen to uh, what you'd like to share, Dex, and then go into some worship. So come and stand up here. I want to pray with you. Father God, just, Lord, we, we make plans. Man, we, we're so good at making plans. We, we plan to fast on Friday, which most of us did, and we planned to go hit the streets yesterday, and, and then we planned for lots of people to come today. 
But nothing happens by accident, Lord. Not, in, not, in, not on your terms, Lord. Nothing happens by mistake. And so, Lord, today we stand on you. And we say, Holy Spirit, have your way. I pray, Lord, that as Declan shares, Lord, that he would be led by the Spirit, Lord. I pray that we would sit and receive with open minds what he has to share, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you would speak to us in your mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Tony. Hey, guys. How's it going? Lucky to be here with you uh, this afternoon. Um, so, Leroy, you had a, a testimony as well, but I'll share it for you. Is that okay? Or did you want to share it? No, so, we also we came across two young men yesterday on, on top of um, some stairs at a, at a block of flats there. And, um, and we preached the gospel to them. I just want to get my water here. And um, I think, yeah, maybe as I'm just preaching to, or sharing today, we can just get some handy tips for reaching the lost again. But, you know, while we're speaking to these guys, we asked them if they were Christians, if they go to church. And they said, no, they are Christians. But it didn't seem like it. You know, sometimes you can see on a person's face, you know, if they, if they actually if they're saved or not. Sometimes you, you see that veil of, dark, of that darkness. And I think a lot of people think just because they're in South Africa, they're Christians, if they're not Muslim or Hindu, you know. And um, so we, we asked him this question. We said, if you have to die tonight, if you had to die tonight, would you be 100% sure that heaven is, is going to be your eternal dwelling, that you're going to be there with Jesus for all eternity and with us? They said, no, both of them. 14-year-old and I think about a 17-year-old. And then we prayed with them. We shared with them about salvation and what it means to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And we led them to the Lord. And we, and, and we prayed for them. No, yeah, it was good. It's amazing. But, um, yeah, and so we were hoping that there would be a lot of people coming here today. But sometimes, you know, sometimes the ground is hard. And I think sometimes we have to go back to the same places over and over again until eventually people do start coming and then people start hearing about it and more people coming. And the Lord tests our hearts to see, you know, are we going to go again? But um, the Word does say, um, in Joel chapter 2, verse 32, and this is a prophet Joel that, that lived hundreds of years before Christ was even born, before Christ was even going to be the one that um, went up onto the cross. This was actually before the cross was even invented by the Romans. The Romans invented the cross as a punishment for people. And even before this cross was even invented, Joel, full of the Holy Spirit, um, saw into the future. And he saw God's people just in a mess. And actually saw their doom where they were going to end up separated from God for all eternity. But it says in the Bible that sin separates us from God. And um, he looked ahead and um, he wrote down these words and, and he said, it shall come to pass that everybody who calls upon the name of the Lord. Um, shall be saved. I said to take a moment there. <laughs> but yeah, everybody who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I just want to share just two, two little testimonies. One it was from before I was saved and one while I was saved. How I called upon the name of the Lord and how He wants us to call upon His name. Not just for our salvation, but for anything. Those who call upon the name of the Lord um, shall be saved. And, but just before I go there, I want to say that when God's people were in, were in, um, in bondage, when they were in Egypt, when they were in slavery for 400 years... The Lord heard their cry. 
He saw everything that they were going through. And when I think of those people, I, I think of the people in Woodstock. And I think of you and I that were once not saved, what, that once didn't know the Lord. And, um, and so the Lord comes down and he speaks to Moses by the burning bush in Exodus chapter 3. And he says to him, I've come down because I've heard my people and I've heard their cry. I've seen their torment. He says, but now you go and you go and get them out. And I think that's the message for us, that the Lord hears the cry of the people in Woodstock. And wherever we go, actually, that don't know him, he hears their cry. He sees the torment they're in, but you go. You and I go. And that's why it was such a privilege to go yesterday and to these people. Because there are many people in Woodstock, and there are many people we don't know, that they're actually in their hearts, they are crying out. They are calling out, you know. Those who call upon the name of the Lord um, shall be saved. And the Lord can do it himself, but he chooses to use you and me. And it's not just a once-off, but a continuous that we'll do this all the time. And um, just for myself, I remember the, the first time, actually it wasn't the first time I called out to the Lord. Many times when I was locked up in prison cells at the age of 14 and 15, I used to say, God, if you get me out of this, I'll never do it again. <laughs> but he knew. He was saying, you can't fool me. You're going to do it next week again. And then I got out of the prison cells and I went to go do it again. <laughs> and, um, but it, it, I mean, I started doing drugs when I was 10 years old. I stayed at the back end in Friedrich. I grew up there next to District 6. And um, I had a father that was very abusive. And he was an alcoholic. And I went to go find comfort actually in drugs. A friend of mine introduced me to weed. And I smoked weed at the age, age, at the age of 10. I started smoking buttons, Manrex at 12 years old. And this was my fulfillment, and this was actually the pleasure that I, was, that I was getting, and actually the love that I was looking for. I was, I was finding it in drugs. And um, I ended up going to eight schools and three boarding schools by the time I was 15. I was kicked out of my law school. No other school would um, accept me. I started working at the age of 15, and I got fired for my first job at the, at the age of 15. And after that, I got locked up for attempted car theft and motorcycle theft. I got, I got seven cuts with a light cane in the police cells. And uh, sorry, let me just. And I remember when these when these um, policemen after when they were hitting me, after every cut, we used to call it, after every lash, then they would speak to me a bit, and they would say to me, and you know, I, I didn't cry for, for those cuts at all, but when I saw the concern in their voice, and the care that moved me, and I mean that made me cry. And. Um, yeah, but anyway, so I ended up, I ended up going to um, prison um, after the army for uh, breaking into houses for, to support my drug habit. I pushed seven months in prison. Um, I was a juvenile when I went into prison. I had my 21st birthday in prison, and then I came out. I was back in prison in 94. For, I got a nine-and-a-half-year sentence, and um, I was in Portsmouth for two years. I got a transfer to Central, and then I was on parole there, and I came back to Cape Town, and I got involved with friends again. I, got, I did four-and-a-half years out of that out of that nine, nine and a half year sentence uh, for good behavior. <laughs> and it was um, Nelson Mandela's birthday as well. Got six months off there. And uh, which was a uh, thank you, my diva. But, um, <laughs> but I came back. I came back to Cape Town. I got involved with the wrong friends again. And then back, back onto drugs. Back, I started to smoke crack, uh, crack cocaine. And at the, also around that time, I. My girlfriend fell pregnant, and I got a little girl, 
And by the time she was three years old, I was on drugs for like six, seven years already. And there was no way that I could um, look after her. And it was killing me. I just love my little girl. And um, she's 20 now. She's doing okay now. And the daddy can look after her. But at the time, I couldn't look after her. I couldn't buy her ice cream. I couldn't buy her uh, clothing. Nothing. I couldn't support her. She would come to me for weekends. And uh, after just the whole night of doing drugs, she would say, Daddy, can you just buy me an ice cream? Or can we go get the sweeties? And I, cou- I couldn't do it for her. I just was... <laughs> yeah. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah, it was so hectic. Eh? And um, I remember one morning I was so broken. It was hurting me so much. Eh? And I said, God, if you are real, will you please help me? And I called out to him. I said, God, if you are real, will you please help me? And that same morning, two people came to where I was staying, and they saw that I was half dead there. And they said, there can be no place down the road. It's a Christian drug rehab, and the oaks are coming free from the drugs there. And Jesus, he's like in that place. And when I heard that, there was a hope that just raised up in me. And I went there, and I gave my heart to the Lord, and Jesus just set me free, filled me with his Holy Spirit. I started reading my Bible. Every word began to make sense. Now it says in the Bible that if we, if, if we ask the Lord to come into our hearts, if we believe in Him, He puts His Holy Spirit in us to, so we recognize that we belong to Him. And I began to read my Bible, and, uh, and then He changed my life in this men's home. And, uh, but He heard my cry, you know? He heard, he heard my cry. And I think if He didn't, I, I don't know where I would have landed up. I might land up in hell. And... Uh, so I was in this men's home, and when I left this men's home, I got unplugged from the church again. And then I wasn't, I wasn't connected to the church anymore. I wasn't accountable to anyone anymore, and then I went back into the drugs. And it says in the Bible that when the Holy Spirit leaves you, that spirit that was in you before, he comes back. And if he sees this empty, there's no Holy Spirit there, he goes and he gets seven more. And then, for, and then at the same time, I, I met somebody who introduced me to Josh Jen Church in 2008. I went there, and for the next five years, I was on drugs, just struggling on drugs there. Tony and Lindsay, they were my, my overseeing elders at the time, and I tell you, they helped me so much. They are uh, such a blessing to me. And, um, but I mean, I, was, I, w- I couldn't get off the drugs. I tried everything, even in the church. So I was struggling in the church um, for five years. Um, but I think one of the things that helped me was accountability. Always bringing that sin into the light. Whether there's drugs or whether it was porn or whatever it was, it's always bringing uh, you know, that sin into the light. And I used to go to men's groups and I used to go to the camps and ask guys to pray for me and go to discipleship and do all these things and read my Bible and fast and pray. But none of those things um, set me free, actually. None of those things could set me free. And I remember one morning at about 2 o'clock, I went through to Brooklyn uh, on my motorbike. I'd been doing drugs the whole night. And then while I was there, I pawned my motorbike in Brooklyn at the, at the dealers where I was, I was doing the drugs. And they wouldn't let me go until the money came. And so I was like nervous for my life. And I'm there. And again, I've just these guys are watching me in the lounge. And there's no way I can get out there. But I feel something rise up here in me. And... Um, and I was crying out there to the Lord. I said, God, please, will you help me? I know I messed up again and again and again and again. But will you please help me? 
and I just felt a, a bit of energy. I got up, I went to the dealer's door, and I could hear what he was doing with whatever he was doing there. And I said to him, I need to leave, I need to take my bike, and I need to get out of here. And he said, okay, you can go. And the guy was watching me, a fear came on his face. And the Lord was doing something to, to this guy. And he said, no, you're going to come back. I said, I'm coming back. Because I had to pay. And so, anyway, eventually I did come back. But um, I got back, I got to church that Sunday. And one of the guys was um, in our church, Mike Davies, he was preaching there. And the message he preached was, you know, some of you are stuck in, in sin. Some of you are stuck with different types of bondage. And the way that you're going to get out of it is if you get a revelation of who God is for you. You know, you, get, you, you need to get a revelation. You need to ask God, who is he to you? And so I went home and I wanted to get off these drugs. It was just like from 10 years old. And this was around 2012, 2013. And um, so I went home and I remember crying out to the Lord and saying, God, who who are you to me? How do you want me to see you? As gentle Jesus, as the lion of the tribe of Judah, the Alpha and Omega, how do you want me to see you, God? And I began to read, I began to read my Bible. I just finished reading 2 Samuel chapter 21, and I started to read chapter 22. Before I start there, I must just tell you that my drug of choice was rocks. That was my little thing I used to worship. As cracker came, you take a little rock, you put it on a glass pipe, you light it, and you smoke it. And um, that was the thing that had me in bondage, this rock. That was like the God I was serving, actually, on the side. I had God here, but then I was serving this rock. And as I opened the scriptures, I said, Lord, I want you to show me who you are. I want to get a revelation of you so I can break free from this. And I opened to verse 2, and it says, The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield. And the horn of my salvation. And it says, I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise and I'm saved from my enemies. And he began to show me how he took me out of Brooklyn. How when I cried out to him in Brooklyn, after smoking all those rocks, you, the real rock, actually came to help me. And it actually says, I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise and I'm saved from my enemies. The waves of death swirled about me. The torrents of destruction overwhelmed me. The cords of the grave coiled around me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called to the Lord. I called to my God. And it says, from his temple he heard my voice, and my cry came to his ears. It says, that, it says the heavens quaked. And it goes on to say that he, he, he came down and he rescued me. He drew me out of deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful enemies, from my foes who were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my disaster, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. And um, I mean, even in the midst of sin, even in the middle of sinning all those years, the Lord was still with me, and he knew that I couldn't, I couldn't save myself at all. And um, I'm in my mom's garage one day, a short while after that, and I'm thinking to myself, when is this attack going to come? Because it's a cycle that's been going on for years. And as I think that thought, when is this going to come again? It just gets taken right out of me, that addiction for all these decades. Boop, gone. And I never did drugs again. The Lord set me free right there in my mother's garage. And, um, yeah. And I think, you know, everything that the, that the devil took from me, or he didn't allow me to have growing up finances or a good job, a vehicle. I mean, at the age of 42, I was set free, finally. I mean, I, there was a time I couldn't pay my daughter's school fees. I had to go to them and explain to them, you know. 
And I actually said to him, look, Jesus is helping me, but right now I can't, I can't pay. I said, I'm a struggling drug addict. I spoke to the two ladies at Tableview Primary, and I said, but the Lord is helping me. And at the end of that year, she was 10 years old. Up until the time she finished Milneton High um, matric, I was able to pay her school fees in advance every year. I, the way the Lord helped me, he delivered me. And um, he heard me speaking to these ladies and saying, he's helping me. And he did help me. I'm not, not trying to preach a prosperity gospel here, but um, if he's your father and you're walking in obedience eventually, <laughs> he's, he's, he's going to help you, you know? Even with finances, he'll help you. So, yeah, sure. Um, you know, in Genesis 50 verse 20, it says, you intended to harm me, because the devil did, and, and the, the devil is real. It says that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but he comes to give life, and life more abundantly. Jesus does that. And it's the, it's the enemy, it's his will, to, to drag people to hell. And in Genesis 50, 20, it says, You intended to harm me, but God intended it for the good, for what is now being accomplished, the saving of many lives. And I want to say this for all of us, for all of us here in this place. God, God turns our situations around. Where the enemy meant bad for us, the Lord's like, no, I want to actually use you, just like he did Joseph in Genesis, I want to use you to reach people. I really think, I really believe the Lord wants you to know that today he wants to do that in every one of us. Sure, so I don't know where we're going with this. But um, I, one thing I was just feeling, you know, in, in the beginning was that maybe there are some people, maybe there are some people here that, you know, you, you can't get free of something. There's something you can't get free of. And maybe it's been, you've been busy with that for a long time. And I actually want to pray for us just now. And then I'm going to ask us all just to close our eyes. That's the one thing. Whatever it might be, you might be struggling with that thing over and over again. Or maybe you've also, like, like me, just, you know, you were away from the Lord. And actually, you need to cry out to Him again. And maybe in your heart you're saying, you know what, God, I'm actually calling out to you again. If, if Declan could call out to you in a drug house, and you could help him there, and you could get him out of that, then you can help me, God. And then also I want to say that when I got saved, I wasn't interested in Jesus at all. I heard about this home. I was just interested in getting free from the drugs because I wanted a normal life. I just wanted a normal life. And then I land up in this men's home, and I realize, yo, God is actually real. It's not just about my little drug addiction. I realize that he's real, and that it says in the Bible, and he actually showed me that he didn't just save me from the drugs, but he saved me from hell. He saved me from being separated from him for all eternity. It says in Romans chapter 6, verse 23, that the wages of sin is death. If, if there was just one person on this earth, and they just told one little lie, that lie would cause them to be separated from God for all eternity. That's how beautiful and pure he is. You won't allow that. You won't allow that sin close to him. So he made a plan. And he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross. And it says in the Bible that without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sins. Without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sins. And so he sent his son Jesus to die and his blood shed so that we can be forgiven. 
For the wages of sin is death, to be separated from God for all eternity. But the free gift of God, it says, is eternal life for all those who will believe, to live with God for all eternity. And it says in 2 Peter 3, 9, that he wants none to be lost, but that all should repent. And that word repent means to turn to God, to turn away from your sin and to turn to him. And maybe like me, you think, oh, you know, I can't turn to him because it's going to be so much work, all the sin in my life. Let me tell you, for five years I was in the church, and um, Tony and Lindsay never kicked me out. <laughs> because they saw, that they understood God's grace, and that he's, even as it says in the scriptures in 2 Peter 3, 9, that God is patient, as some don't understand. We look at people sometimes, yeah, but you shouldn't even be in the church. But God is patient, he loves them, and he's gracious towards them. And just finally, I want to, there's a story in Matthew 22. It's about um, a wedding banquet. And there's going to be a, um, a wedding banquet. There's going to be a wedding um, at the end of time, at, at the end of time for us. This is his church. It's the bride, and Jesus is the bridegroom. And in a sense, he's engaged to us. And then on that day, whether we die now, or next week, or in 20 years' time, after that, we're going to face him. And after that, there's judgment. But there is a wedding banquet. And it says in that, and it's a parable, this story. It's a picture story that uh, the Lord uses to explain to us how it's going to be in the end. And um, what happens is, we are all, all those that are his children are going to be invited to the wedding. And we're going to be with him for all eternity. And we're all going to be given jackets. It says in the parable, we're all going to have a nice jacket. How do you like that? Like a bikey for your Mikey. But we're all going to have nice jackets. And that jacket actually represents um, God's stamp on you. In Ephesians 1.13, it says, When you heard the gospel, the message of salvation, you received the Holy Spirit as a seal. And the Holy Spirit came upon you and it sealed you. And so let me tell you that every demon, every little devil, and every angel can see if you're a child of God because you've got the seal of the Holy Spirit. You've got that jacket. But the father of the, of the, of the groom was walking around at the wedding at the end of time, at the end of our days. He was walking around, and he saw one man didn't have a jacket on. One man didn't have a jacket. And he said, sir, where is your jacket? And it says that the man was speechless. He had nothing to say because he knew that all the years on earth, the Lord called out to him. All, all, the, all his years on earth, the Lord threw out the net and gave him an opportunity to come to him, but he, he, he refused him, and now it was too late. And then it says he said to his servants, take this man and throw him out into the outer darkness. Not escort him out nicely, but throw him out into the outer darkness, where there's a weeping and a gnashing of teeth, where there's a darkness, and where you spend all eternity separated from God because of the sin, even the sin that I was talking about, the drugs, and fornication, and masturbation, and gossiping, and slandering, and alcoholism, and all these things, where the Lord would say, come, come into my house, come into my kingdom, come into my church. And come into relationship with me. I will help you with all those things. But if you die, 
and you're not in the Lord, you're not in his body, you're not in his church, you're not a part of his family, you, you'll be separated from him for all eternity. But he doesn't want that. He wants, he wants to give you a jacket today. So maybe you're here today and you're saying, you know what, I don't even know if I die today with the sin that's going on in my life, maybe you've got some hidden stuff that you actually need to, you actually need to expose. Actually, afterwards, you need to come to some leaders and say, you know, I'm dealing with these things. I want to say, make right with the Lord today. Make sure that you've actually, your jacket is clean. Make sure that you've got a jacket. Make sure that you've got a jacket today. So that when the Father comes at the end, He sees you, He says, ah, I see you've got your jacket. And I want to say that when the Lord saves you, He does save you into family. In Psalm 68, verse 6, it says, God places the lonely in families. He sets the prisoners free. And he gives them joy, but he makes the rebellious live in a sun-scorched land. So I want to just end with that, that the Lord wants all of us together in family. He wants all these people in Woodstock to be in his family. So as we, as we bow our heads and as we close our eyes, I, just, I want to ask, if you're not sure today, if you're not sure today if you've got that jacket, the Lord sees you, and He wants you to have a jacket. But if you're not sure today that if you must die today, you're going to be with Jesus for all eternity. If you're not sure, but you want to make sure, and you're saying, Yo, I want to make sure I've got that jacket. Today, the Lord wants to give you a jacket. So if that's you today, I'm going to count to three. I'm going to count to three, and then I want you to put your hand up with me. Okay, I'm going to give you, I'm going to count to three, and then you put your hand up with me, and you're saying, you know what, I want to make sure that I'm right with God, and I want the jacket, the Holy Spirit. Okay, are you ready? And we're all here together, for you, not against you. Okay, I'm going to count one, two, three. Is there anyone? And wait a little while. Okay. Then I want to ask, and I won't ask you what it is, or ask you to say it in public, but if there's anything that you've been struggling with, and it's been going on for so long, and you think to yourself, oh, when's this going to come to an end? And you actually, there's a call in your heart. There's a cry in your heart. And you're saying, Lord, I'm calling out to you. It shall come to pass that everybody who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So maybe there's something you're struggling with in your life. Maybe it's not, it's not what the next person's struggling with. You've got your own struggles. But you're saying, Lord, I want you to help me with this. I mean, if you can help Declan, then you can help me. If that's you, will you put your hand up with me? Is there anyone? I see that hand. Well done. I see that hand. Well done. Is there anyone else? I want to say that God opposes the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. He will give you grace to help you. If you put your hand up, I see those two hands. Well done. Cool, man. So I just want to make sure that everyone in this place you know that you're okay with Jesus. That if you die tonight, you're going to be with him for all eternity. I'm going to ask one more time. 
with every head bowed and eye closed, if you're not sure where you're going to go, I want you to put your hand up now. I'm going to count to three again, and then I want you to put your hand up. If you're not sure, you must be 100% sure. Okay, I'm going to count. And then I'd love to pray with you. Okay, one, two, three. I see that hand. I see that hand. Wonderful. God bless you. God bless you. That's the first step. Very nice. I want to say that when you do things like that publicly, when Jesus comes back, he will acknowledge you publicly. He will acknowledge you publicly. So it says when he comes with his Father's glory and the heavenly angels, he will acknowledge you. I'm going to ask us all to stand up. If you can all stand up, please. And I want to ask those two to be brave. To be brave. Because you want to know that you're right with the Lord. And let me tell you, it says in the Bible that whoever, Jesus said, whoever comes to me, I'll never push away. He wants to just wash you, cleanse you, and make you new. So I'm going to ask you to take a second step and a bold step. Jesus said that if we acknowledge him before men, he will acknowledge us. So I want to ask you to come to the front quickly. And we're going to pray for you. Come. Here we go. Well done. Why don't we give the Lord a hand? Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. And then actually, cool. Then actually what we're going to do is we're going to all pray together. We're going to say a prayer together. Okay. All of us. Let's pray. And I want you to repeat after me. We're going to do it as a church, as a body, together. Because sometimes, you know what, with things going on in our lives, we also need to repent before the Lord. So maybe one of the ladies can come around this lady here. Just. Okay. okay. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I come to you today with every issue and every sin. I lay it before you. I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for your outstretched hand. Please forgive me of all of my sin. I turn back to you, God. And I ask you to fill my heart again with your Holy Spirit. I acknowledge you as my Lord and my Savior. I'm sorry for my sin, God. But here I am. Make me new again. In Jesus' name. I give you all my heart. I'll put it in your hands. I trust you. Thank you for this family, Lord. They can love me into good health. Oh, thank you, God, for a new day and a fresh start. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, now, before we go anywhere, with every head bowed, if you prayed that prayer now and you actually meant it, and you're actually saying, you know what, I should have actually been up here with these people that were so bold. 
And I should have actually been here as well because I'm also dealing with some stuff. If that's you, I'm going to count to three and then I want you to put your hand up. God sees you. Oh, he wants the best for you. You don't, look, you don't have to look at the person on the left or the right. Well done to these two guys. I remember the story of Jonathan Conrad when um, at the end of a service he saw a man and he went over and he went to go preach to him and he, said, and he spoke to him and he said, did you give your heart to the Lord? He said, no, nobody, nobody gave me that opportunity. He says, well, I'd like to give you that opportunity now. And he spoke to him and he, and he said, yes, I am a sinner and I need Jesus. And he led him to the Lord and he asked Jesus to come into his heart. The next day, Jonathan was driving around and he's, there was an accident in town and he drove through the crowd and he, he, he got out his car and he, he went to the, the person that was hurt there to see if he could help. And the person was dead. And it was the man that gave his heart to the Lord just the night before. Because we never know what's going to happen tomorrow. Today, it says in the Bible, today is the day of salvation. Today, today make right with the Lord. If you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. He wants to come in. He wants to save you and rescue you today. So if that's you, if you know you should have prayed this prayer or you were praying that prayer and you meant it in your heart and you're saying, you know what, I want to come back to you, Lord. I want you to put your hand up with me. I'm going to count to three. One, two, three. I'll see you then. Well done. Do you want to come stand here, lady? Maybe you can go come with her. I think there's at least another two people. You're saying you also prayed that prayer. You've also been going through some things. This is, this is a serious moment. And the Lord is extending His grace to you and His mercy to you and His kindness to you today. So if that's you, I'm going to give you another opportunity just to come to the front. I'm going to count to three. Don't worry about anybody else. You want to make right with the Lord. Maybe you, did, maybe you do know Jesus, but you're actually saying, Lord, I've been, I've been drifting from you a little bit. I've actually been sinning a little bit. I haven't, I haven't been right with you, God. I want to make sure I've got my jacket. I want to say, come to the front now. I'm going to count to three. One, two, and three. Okay. Cool. What we're going to do is we're going to worship a bit while the minister here. And uh, yeah, why don't you come forward and worship and maybe pray?
Just wanna look at Jesus And I'm face down in the ground Holy, holy, holy We join with heaven now Just wanna look at Jesus And I'm face down in the ground Holy, holy, holy All the angels cry out Just one look at Jesus And I'm face down in the ground Holy, holy, holy We join with heaven now Just one look at Jesus And I'm face down in the ground With interrupt the worship, but um, I think Declan has put out a call on many levels this afternoon, and I want to ask you, if you felt you to respond, but you just couldn't do it, please find someone this afternoon to pray with you. You don't have to come and stand in front. We're not about putting people on display. Go to someone. Go to Lindsay or Odin or anyone of any, it doesn't matter. Just go. Come to Declan or come to me or Pierre and we'll pray with you. We don't need to, we don't need to hang the laundry out. It's not what it's about. But if Declan's spoken to you in a way today, please respond. Let's allow God, let's trust God to break you through into something new in Him. Amen.
Jesus, you alone, our rock, our cornerstone, high within our hearts, high within our minds, so we lift you high, forever lift you high, high within our hearts, high within our minds. Jesus, you alone, our rock, our cornerstone, high within our hearts, high within our minds. We lift you high, we lift you
Jesus, you alone, our rock, our cornerstone, high within our hearts, high within our minds. And I sing because you are good, and I'll dance because you are good, and I'll shout because you are good, you are good to me. I'll sing because you are good and I'll dance because you are good and I'll shout because you are good, you are good to me. I want to scream it out from every mountain top. Your goodness knows no bounds. Your goodness never stops. Your mercy follows me. Your kindness fills my life. Your love amazes me. And I sing because you are good. And I dance because you are good. And I shout because you are good. You are good to me. Yes, I sing because you are good. And I dance because you are good. You are good, you are good to me. Nothing and no one comes anywhere close to you. The earth and oceans deep only reflect this truth. And in my darkest night, you shine as bright as day. Your love You are good and I'll dance because you are good and I'll shout because you are good, you are good to me. Yes, I'll sing because you are good. And with a cry of praise, my heart. Three you are good, you are good, and in the sun or rain, my life celebrates that you are good, you are good. With a cry of praise, God will proclaim that you are good, you are You are good and I'll shout because you are good, you are good to me. Yes, I sing because you are good and I'll dance because you are good and I'll shout because you are good, you are good to me. Yes, I sing because you are good and I'll dance because you are good and I'll shout because. 
Hallelujah. Yes. The Lord is good. Sure. Sure. Bless you, Jesus. So, um, church, just I thought like a, just to end the service like as an encouragement, just as you heard the gospel being shared and testimonies of just how good God is and, and how when you call out to the Lord that he can rescue and he can yes, save you. Lord. And um, so before service, I was sharing about the short testimony because we, as we went out yesterday, but it was actually the anniversary of, of me being saved, um, wow. that the Lord had saved me. And I was sharing with the guys, um, you know what? Um, we sometimes, we think, no, we need to have these amazing words and this eloquent speech to be able to share the gospel. But it's actually the gospel that's the power of God and to salvation. Wow. It's not you. It's not what you can say and how you say it. But it's that Jesus is the one that saves. So all these years ago, I sat at work. I as a kite. I used to, I used to say that they don't know I'm sober because, um, they don't know I'm high because they've never seen me sober. So that was, that, that was my saying. And then I was on Facebook and I saw a testimony, somebody's testimony about, about Jesus. And it cut me to my heart. And I didn't know what to do. I was like, what do I do? I googled what to pray. And I prayed a prayer and the Lord saved me. And I've been sober ever since. But the, the thing is, my, it's not about that person even. That person just shared their testimony. But it's God's gospel. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ that is the power unto salvation. And so I want to encourage you, um, as you go this week, like, yes, we went out to share the gospel. But Jesus is not only calling us to the streets. He's calling us to represent him wherever we go, whether it's at work, whether it's at school, whether it's with your family at home. Like, God wants to save people. You know, the Lord is good. He saves people, and He's given us each that gift of His salvation. And so He's calling us to share that with the world. And so I just want to encourage you that you would do that. The Lord is so good. Yeah, let me just pray for us. <laughs> Lord, I want to thank you, Lord, that it's your gospel, Lord, that's the power unto salvation. Oh, Lord, we don't need elegant words. Lord, we, we can't come with elegant words. Our words is foolishness, Lord. But, Lord, it's your power, Lord, the power in the cross of Calvary, O oh God. Lord, that you died for sinners like us, Lord. Lord, even like Pierre so, so loves to say that your, your cross is a very public profession that you were willing to meet us. And, Lord, you met us. And, Lord, I pray that each and every one of us, that you would give us just even a spirit of boldness, O oh God, to go out into this world and to represent you to this world and to share your good news, Lord, that you save sinners. I pray this, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Yeah. Bless the Lord. We've, we've come to the end of our service. Um, there is tea and coffee out there. I think the water is warm. So please don't rush off. Um, for the visitors, please get to know some people. And I, pray, yeah, I really hope that we're going to make you guys feel welcome. So please grab the visitors, guys. I'm watching you. <laughs> Amen.